from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. Friday, March 20. The year is 2020. You're listening to The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Huckabee. I'm coming at you from my home in Nashville, Tennessee. Meanwhile, down there in Orlando, Florida, he sold off all of his stocks just 24 hours before self-isolation began. <laughs> and we're a little suspicious. It's our illustrious producer, Chandler String. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Thankfully, it didn't help. <laughs> Thankfully, it didn't help because... Chandler has terrible picks in stocks, and they were plummeting. They were valueless long lost, yeah. before all of this. Are you lost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he went big. Chandler went big back on the on the Sega Dreamcast back in the day. His instincts, his instincts for the next big thing are terrible. So we'll we'll unlike our lawmakers who should absolutely face insider trading uh, uh, challenges. Chandler's just on a. She's been on about a lifelong cold streak when it comes to the stock market. So. It seemed promising. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Meanwhile, up there in Loveland, Virginia, his money's always been in gold. It's our friend, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Someone but just bought a lot of cheap stock for the car company Saturn. They're still around, right? Saturn's still a thing? I'm their chief stockholder now. <laughs> probably have a majority ownership went, over there in I Saturn. Went all in on Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> buy low. They say buy low, sell high. Saturn has never been lower because I'm not even sure if it still exists and what the stock I just bought is. So here we are. I'm not, uh, and we're not going to we're not going to talk about the stock market too long today. That's th- this is not that kind of podcast, um, which is good because I know nothing. It's a, I, I'm I'm bad at it. I, I won't pretend to be good, but I think right now it's kind of comforting because everybody's really bad at it. Like you're seeing all the you start seeing these reports about like, well, here's what we're thinking for Q2 and Q3, and it's like, man, this is the, what are you compare? What model are you using here for this prediction? The 1918 influenza? Like, what's the what are you making these predictions based? off of it all feels very like there you kind of feel like the death of expertise like there are no experts everybody's yeah. just flying by the seat of their pants just saying like and it's terrifying like, like, and it's like terrifying. doing like actual like fanfic about reality right yeah. now about well, what could happen next week i will say this you know stock market aside we do have a very encouraging interview on the show That's actually today. true. Yeah, it gives yeah. you a little bit of hope that there are people that are doing something that are making a difference that there are, you know, sort of these adults in the room who are willing to step up and do big things in a moment of not just national crisis, but this is a global pandemic, a global pandemic affecting people around the road, around the world. Tyler, why don't you real quick before we, we jump into uh, kind of just catching up how weird the yeah, world yeah. of pop culture and faith is. Tell us, tell us who's coming up later. 
Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, this is a, uh, I, I talked to a gentleman by the name of Lane Schrantz. I'll tell you a little more about him and how this conversation went in a bit. Uh, he is the associate pastor at Church of the Highlands. And he is was talked about how his church, his church is quite large, how they have managed to work with their city to put together a testing site for the coronavirus. Uh, they've been testing up to and even over 500 people a day there in Alabama. He tells us how he did it, how this came together in such a hurry at a time when obviously testing is vital and uh, the U.S. has lagged behind other countries in terms of getting tests out there, how Church of the Highlands was able to step up and provide that for folks. It's a really cool, it's one of those stories that ended up being uh, even cooler than I thought it was going to be once I started talking about it and hearing about it. So we, I will share with you his story of how all that came together. And it was, uh, it, it, I know we're all, like, like I said, we're all improvising really quickly here to figure out what's going on. But yeah. you are starting to see more, in addition to some of the discouraging stories of people who are trying to to maybe like leverage this or exploit it, we're seeing a lot of cool stories, too, of people coming together to try to find out uh, innovative, creative ways to help. Speaking of innovative, creative uh, improvisations on a, on a weird, <laughs> unpredictable moment, I want to I want I don't want to harp on this too much, but. Guys, we've officially come to the point where our lowly podcast and a lot of podcasts are better than an institution like The Tonight Show. Like those, <laughs> those old school TV shows just don't know what to do with themselves. Like, yeah. they're, Welcome like, to the Wild West, guys. I, they're they're just like going rogue. They're just going rogue. And like, you know, Jimmy Fallon is, is you know, noodling around on the acoustic guitar from his kitchen, you know, and he's like holding up a paper sign, literally doing this with his mouth. Do, 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 do. It's like, hey, man, I get what you're trying to do here. Trying to simulate the show, be kind of, you know, DIY. Mm -hmm. It's making everyone more depressed. It's like, <laughs> oh no, please stop. Please stop. Like, we, it was only a couple of weeks ago when the roots, you know, would come on and, and a lot, you know, we're, 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 you know, broadcasting from 30 Rockefeller Center. I don't need, you know, from your home office, a simulated. It was like, do you guys remember that episode of Parks and Rec where Adam Scott's uh, uh, character, Ben Wyatt, was laid off? from or or ended up quitting city government so that him and Leslie could continue their relationship and oh, it's he the stayed classic. home it's the and classic he, and, yeah and he was he was like staying home going nowhere for days on end and he's wearing like an old letters to cleo shirt you know he was a big <laughs> fan of like 90s music and he spent his entire day making a little claymation video that he was very proud of and when he finally <laughs> showed it to his friends it lasted like three seconds and it was creepy and terrible that's what every late night show has come to it's like guys i can't believe we pulled this off it's like we got a whole late show here i got an interview i got music and you watch it and you're like this took you all day. Was this a whole day's worth of stuff? Because this is making me even more depressed. The only benefit of all of this is we get weird looks into the actual homes of celebrities. And it makes me feel better about my own home. It you does know, it's make like, you feel better. Yeah, it's like, oh, Jennifer thought. Gardner. I feel like she, I thought she would have a nicer kitchen. You know, like I'm not judging. It seems like a nice kitchen, but wherever she's doing this in her house from this little, you know, interview web tate -tate. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, have you guys noticed that too? You get a peek inside of all of these celebrities homes all of a sudden. I'm not comfortable with it. I, I, I want my celebs to be like untouchable, like uh, on Mount Olympus. I want them to come down once a year for the Oscars and that's it. I don't want to see, <laughs> I, I want to leave them sort of untouchable. And no, sometimes it's like, we talked about the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like that's yeah. the sort of celebrity. Like I want, I want a window into the lives of celebrities to show me that they really do have the weirdest life. 
that I thought like they really have a very strange like Arnold Schwarzenegger has a pet donkey. That's what I want to know. I sure, don't want to see not? that yeah. like like Mark Ruffalo just laying around in his pajamas with his glasses. <laughs> like I could do that, Mark Ruffalo, and I don't have any money. Show me something like what? Don't you have like a <laughs> yeah. hot tub of, of just like wine, like boil, like bubbling wine that you can just sit in and drink at the same time? There's, there's something, something strange. And when it doesn't happen, I feel let down. Yeah, it's very disorienting to know that John Legend and Chrissy Teigen have dishes piled up in the sink. Yeah. Like, could you film in another room? Like, you guys are supposed to be examples of what we're all like, you right. know, this poise that we're all aspiring to be. And to see that there's a pizza box back there isn't very comforting, you know? Like, at least film in like a fancy, whatever room John Legend keeps his EGOT trophies in and, and Chrissy Teigen has her, her awards, you know, all over the walls. Can we film in that room? And l- let me just feel like but the golden, like, but the golden Stetson and the like, <laughs> piano that like somehow like keeps going, like it has more than six. It keeps going, like just levels. Yeah, I'm, on I'm levels. looking out the window and I can see your neighbor cutting his grass out there. You know, like <laughs> you're ruining the whole sheen of everything. I want. I watch these celebrity. I watch like late shows and I watch you know celebrity stuff to escape from reality, not to be plummeted into someone else's <laughs> like, shockingly mediocre house life. You know, like you know, I, I never wanted to see this side of these people you know i didn't need to as long as we're we're here we need to discuss and i struggled with how to i I tried to write about this yesterday on the site i don't know that i did a great job to be frank um but but the the, we're, we're the elephants in the room right now can we take just a minute to discuss the the imagine video the celeb imagine video um if you don't this isn't the slice we're bringing but if you don't know what i'm talking about uh, on Thursday, well, late Wednesday night, I think is when it came out. And then it, the, the conversation about it lasted into Thursday. Gal Gadot, it seemed like was kind of the ringleader of the, what okay. must have been a celebrity text thread, like getting all like yeah. a group, the group chat. And I would have to imagine it was her idea to say, you know, what would really help people right now. You know what the world needs is what if we all from our self isolation, from our, our self distancing, uh, over FaceTime saying, a little bit of John Lennon's Imagine song, and then we'll put them all together into like a longer uh, group karaoke situation, and that'll and we'll post that, and it'll make everybody feel better. And <laughs> I, I believe they had good intentions. I can see how in concept this seem, may have seemed like it wasn't like it was like a, a totally harmless little little stunt to pull. Uh, but the intended, it, I don't think it landed with quite the results they were hoping for. Well, you know what? Can we play a clip really quick? Just so yeah. just so people get the vibe. <laughs> Imagine all the people living for today. Yeah. Imagine there is no countries It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion. Okay, a listers, a listers, Kristen yeah, Wiig, Will, uh, Natalie Portman, uh, Ruffalo's on there, Will Ferrell's in there. Yeah, it, it, and and like I appreciate the heart of it, I guess you know, but it, it's these aren't average people, you know, talking about uh, 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 you know coming together. These the these are people who are among the most wealthy and famous 
and and you know frankly privileged people to mm-hmm. have ever walked the earth singing imagine no possessions i wonder if you can <laughs> no greed or hunger well yeah it's easy for you to say you're in wonder woman i got you guys are in the mcu you're gonna be just fine like this doesn't come for me at all like i can, you know why i can't imagine there's no greed because i can see you know you got seven ferraris in the garage like you know arnold schwarzenegger did another pep talk i don't know if you guys saw this arnold schwarzenegger did another self-isolation pep talk you know where he's yeah yeah this is how i and and again well-intentioned but profoundly out of touch because he's encouraging people to hunker down and just, you know, not go out and he's doing it from a hot tub, smoking a cigar. Like, (laughs) Why doesn't he just do it? Why doesn't he just do it? You know, why, why isn't it just a, 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 like a look right in his face as he delivers this message and it slowly pans out and he's on a giant diving board and just does a Scrooge McDuck style swan dive into a giant pile of cash. Like that's how relatable this is. It's like, yeah, you know what? He's right. Self-quarantine would be a lot easier if I lived in a gigantic mansion with hot tubs and like a cigar room. I wouldn't leave for non-emergency situations. Yeah, I would be in (laughs) self-isolation then. They're not helping. And I get what they're trying to do. I get it. But it does just demonstrate how how out of touch uh, a lot of them seemingly are. I think it's ultimately ultimately the bigger issue here. This is an indictment of John Lennon's Imagine song, which is a which is objectively in both times of emer- crisis and non-crisis it's a banal stupid song and we should stop singing it altogether it's not good it's it has very never been good it has no it has no bearing on it. it was written by an obscenely wealthy man who didn't know what he was talking about about a fairy tale utopia didn't make any sense then doesn't make any sense now i think it would have gone you know and this is sincere i thought about this i think they could have done the exact same thing the exact same like because they got the, the video was deleted they, they was, it was widely modified and and it was canceled like the, the whole thing was, was pulled and i think it would have gone over way better if they'd just done all-star by smash mouth i think it would have like played completely yeah. it wouldn't have been substantively better it might have been substantively worse but at least the conversation would have been like we're all kind of going a little stir crazy here we're, yeah. we're all in this day five of quarantine aware, rough one. Yeah. yeah yeah it, i think that would have been i would have felt way more encouraged by that than by a john lennon number Maybe we should. I wonder if there could be like, you know how there's, especially in the 90s, there was like a Christian version of everything. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if we could get a bunch of the old CCM stars together to do. Like, <laughs> that would be crazy. Like, maybe they could do I Can I can Only Imagine. Like they could do the. Yeah. Or, or, or what's, what's like a it. whimsical, like maybe them doing like an old VeggieTale song or something. Oh, yeah, just like, just yeah. to give us a little whimsy. We could probably we could probably email some of these people and see if we could get something. Go- I don't have their phone numbers necessarily, but I could. We could try to we could call their managers and that could be relevance like our gift. That's in this, our contribution. Yeah, we all, yeah. all got to do our part yeah. to get up to get the newsboys and and the and the point of grace gals and and everyone together to do a, a very if we could find the song we could try. I don't know if it would work, but we could. I try. mean, you know, you know, you could probably get two third. Well, you could at least get um, probably one member of DC Talk, maybe Dan Hasseltine. You uh-huh. know, uh-huh. Um, I, I'm sure there there are a handful that would, you know, would gladly contribute to it. And I like I said, that would lift people's spirits. You know, it would lift, if it was funny, if it was like not if it wasn't sincerely trying, if it wasn't like a hymn or something that was like very that I think if it was like not super self-serious, 
I think it would play pretty well. I would be willing yeah. to coordinate this effort, sort of a live aid uh, via, via <laughs> FaceTime uh, on a slightly smaller scale, I will admit, but I think it could have the same level of impact as Live Aid did in the long haul if we can get our ducks in a row here. I'll think it. We'll think what, about it. What Maybe about, we can like, what about Big House by Audio Adrenaline? That's a good, you know? that's a great idea. That's what we yeah. all wish we had right now. Yeah, I mean, we all wish. Yeah, I wish I had. I had you know bigger, what would be great about? You, you know what would be great about having a big, big house is the yard to play football. Everyone's going crazy. I would love <laughs> to have a big yard where I can just run around for a little bit and blow off some steam. You know, without have <laughs> you guys? <clears throat> you know, right now, so so even in um uh you know California, they 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 announced this lockdown. And by the look, mm-hmm. man, and we said this last week. By the time people listen to this, likely news will have radically changed and there will be a lot more uh, uh, developments. But, you know, in California, they have put a statewide lockdown in place and, and, and put in the, the rules to like shelter in place where you're not you basically unless you have like a job in, you know, the food industry, the medical industry, transportation, things like that, that are kind of just essential for society still functioning on some level. You know, you're supposed to not leave home, but you can still go on walks. Have you guys gone on any walks uh, this week? It is very odd because oh, I've yeah. gone on a couple through the neighborhood and like you see someone, you see someone coming down the sidewalk approaching you and you're approaching mm-hmm. them and you're both having the same, you're both thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. okay, six feet, you know, the six feet thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> one of us is getting off the sidewalk. Right? He's gonna be, <laughs> and, you, and, and you're like looking at each other from a long way off and you kind of, it's one of those things where you move and they move in the same direction. You're like, Oh, you're going, going this way. Hup, 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 hup. <laughs> they used to only happen <clears throat> like in like narrow hall. Like the only time that would happen to humans is was like in narrow hallways where you're like, Oh, 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 Going this way, up, 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 up. <laughs> you know. Okay, we'll go around, and that's no, and that's day. funny. Now it's funny because it was like, oh, we're, we're right on top of each other. We just turned the corner in the office building, and we're right on top of each other. Up, 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 going this way, juke and jiving. Now that whole series of moves happens like a hundred yards away. Like you see the person a hundred yards away, and you start juking. Then, like you start <laughs> your moves right then. You go this way, go that way, and it's a lot weirder when you're that far away from a person. But that's how even walks have changed. You know, <laughs> I think that uh, I I wonder if if because uh, I was I went to and this is I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is like approved by by the CDC yet, but okay. I went to the park yesterday. OK, for a for a, a I got some of my some of the the, the old gym rats. Yeah. And I got in a text thread. We decided to go do a little workout in the park, maintaining our six feet distance or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, so we, we showed up there. I brought, I brought gloves. We had, we had wipes to disinfect some of the, the like playground equipment for whatever. Yeah. And the park was packed. This is the same park that I go to whenever I'm into a park. It is, uh, it, it has never been full. It's kind of a little bit out of the way in Nashville. I couldn't find a parking spot. And so there was a lot of people there, but, and they're going on walks or little bike rides or whatever, but the distance is still, everybody's maintaining that six feet. So it doesn't look, it's a very strange, it was a very weird thing to witness people shouting conversations with each other from (laughs) two different sides of the sidewalk and several feet between, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, uh, it was just, it was weird. I, I, uh, and I, and I don't know, I don't like here near me in Virginia beach where I live, it's not cold enough to like truly like beach it. 
You know what I mean? Like put a mm-hmm. towel down, hang out on the beach. It's not like spring. It's not like those pictures you've seen in spring break and like, you know, uh, Daytona right, beach right, or whatever, right. where, you know, it, it seems like every other picture is a bunch of uh, uh, college kids doing mass chicken fights. Not only are they not maintaining their, t- their six feet, they're literally <laughs> crawling on each other's shoulders and smashing their bare bodies against each other. Like it is the opposite of social. Di- you know, you couldn't get less socially distanced, <clears throat> but near me, you know, people aren't doing the, the, the total beach thing yet. Uh, and they haven't closed beaches. So the last night uh, or a couple nights ago, I, I decided, uh, you know, I want to go for a walk and I need just a little exercise. Just want to clear my head. So I rode my bike down to the beach. And it wasn't packed, but even just walking down, you know, a beach where people are also walking and there are some people just kind of sitting there and and everyone wants to do the right thing. Everyone's trying to maintain their six feet. But it was the most unrelaxing walk ever because it was basically playing Frogger with a six feet buffer. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, OK, I got to go at this angle here, mm-hmm. down the dune, mm-hmm. up this way. And it's like, this isn't <laughs> relaxing at all. I'm trying to do geometry in my head the entire walk. You know, it's it's just it's just all very odd. It's all very very odd. It's like a missed game in real yeah. life, where you have to like find out the right angle to get where you want to go and and work all these <laughs> yeah, little like, gadgets, like billiards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it is weird, but uh, hey, every, it, the the one thing is, it does seem like I can't I can't speak for everybody and everybody's experience, but it does seem like at least uh, the, more and more people are taking the social distancing more. Uh, more uh, uh seriously that's true yeah uh, I, and, I think. And, and and it seems like they're more and more doing their part so keep it up everyone uh you know let's 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 beat this thing together and, and really observe mm-hmm. what medical professionals are, are telling us is the best thing to do not just to protect ourselves but remember a lot of these moves even if you're young and healthy and feel like you could you know bounce back uh, if you contracted uh, COVID-19, which you probably would. I mean, statistically, you'd probably be just fine. It's really making an effort uh, to do take these measures to protect people who are immune compromised, who are, who are elderly or who could suffer real um, serious medical consequences if, if, if this thing continues to spread. So do your part, help vulnerable people, and let's all, let's all beat this thing together. Well, we do have a lot to get to today. We, as always, as we said the past uh, week or so here, we don't want to spend the entire time talking about all this. So let's find, we got some other good stories coming your way too. Actually, we got the hot list coming up. Not every story on there is going to be about coronavirus. So let's look forward to that. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're doing the hot list. I've been working, they gon' have to hold me back, man And tell them, tell them, tell them You can pick a side if you wanna You already know who I bro with You don't want no problems with me Get these shackles off You're listening to Set Me Free by Lecrae featuring YK Osiris Beginning of the podcast, you heard Ego by Moaning all right, time for a weekly look back at the top five stories at the intersection of faith and culture this week. It's time for... It's the hot list, the hot list. It's sizzling. All right, number five. A 500-year-old Martin Luther quote went viral. All right, so back in 1527, I love when a slice starts this way. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> we tried to hear it. Doesn't the, it, year, it really the year was 1520. <laughs> the year was... 
It was the year of our Lord, 15 and 27, and a fortnight. Martin Luther in the town of Wittenberg <laughs> was there as the deadly plague swept through the streets and the canals. <laughs> you've, kind of, you've got the, like the Monty Python lilt in your, in your retelling. Yeah, that's, how, that's how every British documentary is, from my understanding of British documentaries. <laughs> All right. So back in 1527, a deadly plague hit Martin Luther's town of Wittenberg, and he wrote a letter to a friend explaining how churches should deal with such complicated circumstances. Science obviously has progressed immensely in the last 500 years, and we know a lot more about infectious diseases now than we did then, but the heart of what he wrote still rings true. He wrote, quote, use medicine, take potions. <laughs> he wrote, quote, use medicine, take potions, which can help you fumigate house, yard and street. Shun persons in places whenever your neighbor does not need your presence or has recovered and act like a man who wants to help put out the burning city. What else is the epidemic but a fire, which instead of consuming wood and straw, devours life and body? Now, like I said, we do have a better understanding of medicines. We don't use potions potions anymore and maybe the value of fumigation has uh maybe the expert opinion on fumigation has changed a little bit since then but his advice on loving your community by avoiding going out still very pertinent he said quote if my neighbor needs me however i shall not avoid place or person but will go freely as stated above see this is such a god-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt god in closing we admonish and plead with you in christ's name to help us with your prayers to god so that we may do battle with word and precept against the real and spiritual pestilence of satan and his wickedness with which he now poisons and defiles the world i don't know about you guys but it's strangely comforting to hear the advice shun persons and places wherever your neighbor does not need your presence or has recovered and act like a man who wants to put out help put out a burning city it, there's something weirdly comforting knowing that that was the advice 500 years ago. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, look, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've been humanity has been through this before. We we have had generations that have had to do what we're doing right now. This seems like the most weird thing in the world. This whole kind of self-isolation, social distancing, these these quarantines and shelter in place uh, deals. It seems very odd. But when you read something like this from, uh, uh, you know, 500 years ago, like I said, it, it, I don't know if it has the same effect on you, but it gave me a weird sense of comfort of like, oh, humanity's done this. This is this this is tough and difficult, but, you know, we have been through this before. And if we do the same things, we can get through it again. You know, that it just so happened that the person giving the advice was Martin Luther. But I also saw I also saw uh, 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 someone post like it was another letter like, you know, there was no social media. We can't go back mm -hmm. and, and see what uh, see no what Martin Luther was posting on the gram back then. <laughs> but, you know, he has a letter. But there was one I saw from like F. Scott Fitzgerald and I'm going to butcher it. And and I, I didn't fact check it. But, you know, the, the point remains the same where he's like writing a letter from another a, a different plague, obviously. F. Scott Fitzgerald and, and, and Martin Luther lived centuries apart. But uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> was writing a friend to say, uh, you know, you know, we are hunkered down. We are in week so and so of, of the quarantine, you know, but never fear. We have uh, wine, spirits, brand. And, and it was just basically a list of all of his supplies that he had, which were all various cocktails. Now, I don't <laughs> want to recommend that. <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald was 
one of literature's uh, tragic, uh, you know, alcoholic fierce boozer. Yeah. yeah. But but just the show like, hey, man, humanity has been through this. Everyone. And, and it was just as weird for them. It was just as weird for people back in Martin Luther's time. It was just as weird for F. Scott Fitzgerald. It's just as weird for us. But we're all in this together. And if we if we do, if we all do our part, we can we can get through it. I, I kind of found it comforting. What about you guys? Uh, I do find it comforting. One thing that I have always, uh, whenever you read a letter like Martin Luther, like Martin Luther is, makes sense here. He, he was known for writing. The, the reason we know who Martin Luther was is because of a, a piece of writing that he nailed to the door of the church at that time. So obviously he's he's going to be, but even any letter that you read from this era, like what were they, what was school like? Because it all it's always so beautifully written and so like with such like just artful language and, uh, and, it, it makes sense with Martin Luther, but then you even read like an old ship captain's log or something. Those sometimes pop up on social media or like Ernie Shackleton or whatever. Like these guys do not need to be taking the time to craft these really beautiful pieces of writing that will last yeah. centuries. You're, you're just like you're, you're in charge of driving a boat. That, that's all you have to do. But they always do. And it's the re and it, it, may, it makes you kind of wit, like it makes you grateful for some of the English courses, the composition classes that you had and maybe want to get back to them a little bit, because I think most of the letters that I send now are emails, obviously, or texts. And I don't think they're going to I don't think people are going to be going back to anything. I write, even if it's good advice to find the sort of comfort you're talking about, Jesse, stay safe, smiley face emoji. That's not going to that, that's not going to help people 500 years from now. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 every letter you read from like back. Back in the day, it's like on the on the snowiest night, on the eve of the final fortnight of you know the the sequestered hour. I write to you in desperation, but hope, my darling, for the firewood tinders are high, and the sparks are only met by the passion that is in my heart. And you're like, most of the texts I get are barely coherent, and this is this is where we've come to. This is, we've come so far from the, that that you know really elegant written correspondence where now it's just easier to respond with a cartoon symbol. Like literally yeah, we yeah. are going back to hieroglyphics, like cartoon. The little, hieroglyph- the yeah. little thumbs up it, on the text message. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you know, if I get a long heartfelt text message from somebody that, that is coherent and, and well-read and well-written my most, my the most likely response is going to be first new phone who dis then <laughs> then followed by then followed by thumbs up and that is the end of the correspondence like that is how far it's come you know <laughs> J- yeah, yeah then followed by J followed by JK and thumbs up and that's the end of it you know I'm gonna do better I'm gonna do better making the commitment that's what it's gonna be my self quarantine self quarantine goal see is how to many start of writing and start start writing in the style of an old of an old like of an old ship captain responding to everybody with the with just like two like three pages on the text you have to keep scrolling you're gonna keep scrolling all the way through the text well you know what's gonna happen no one's gonna respond because or because how many of you have gotten a text that requires at least a half a scroll to finish reading it you're like you know i don't have time for this right now this (laughs) is I, i just just eyeballing this up this is gonna take who probably 60 to 90 seconds, which I don't have right now. I'm, I'm in the middle of watching TikTok videos. So uh, I'll get back to this. I'll get back to them later. I'll just get back to them later. I don't have time. I don't have time to read war and peace right now. Thanks for the, thanks for the 75 word text, dude. Yeah. I've, I've scrolled through like tweets where I'm like, Oh man, 
I'm done. I'm done. You lost me. You lost me. You lost me. 280 kids. That's not what this is about. (laughs) Yeah. If you can't communicate it through the art of dance on a 15 second TikTok video, I don't know if I have time to hear what you even have to say. (laughs) I've got got a lot going on. I'm on home quarantine here. I'm digging, my, I'm digging a, a hot tub in my own backyard and just making a, it's just going to be a hot mud puddle, you know? So I don't have time for these, you know, novels that you're or, sending me. Or like when you get a YouTube video, like someone sends you a YouTube video, like, Oh, you should watch this. It's hilarious. And you pull it up and you're like two minutes. This, this, be- this better be funny. <laughs> it's like we were talking what about last week. With you? How every company in the world has sent out like notifications of whether, you know, um, <laughs> coronavirus protocol. Those emails are coming more frequently and getting longer. It's like, hey, guys. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Listen, you're not going to believe this. I got to read this. I got to read it. I just got an email from Mattress Discounters, the CEO, and it's long. It's long. I think they got this thing figured out, guys. He's got a whole plan here. He's outlining. Everything's just too long. Everything's too long. I started some of the emails have started taking on more of a like get some pathos, kind of like the letters we're talking about. They've gotten a little more pathos to them. Like I got a letter from from uh, I forget where I was. I think it was a, I think it was a gym here that was like. Ever since we first started in Nashville back in 2003, our one goal for the city was to bring the community together. And I'm like, isn't this good? When to get to the hand sanitizer part, what, what's the, where are we going here? And it keeps going through like their whole history. And a, it, I think the goal is to like reassure me, but it also makes it sound like they're getting ready to close up shop or like we might never see each other again. And it just increases yeah. my anxiety. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just, yeah, we need to keep anxiety at a minimum. No, no yeah, more of those type of Too much of it. Too much of it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> which this might help. Number four this week. Here's a worship parody song that calls out modern worship tropes. Okay, this was very funny. You may remember Shama Marema had a viral Veggie Tales rap from a few years back. Here is a reminder of it. Here's a little clip of it. Drop. Broccoli, celery, gotta be Veggie Tales. Llama beans, collard greens, peachy king, Veggie Tales. Cauliflower, sweet and sour, half an hour, Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales, Veggie Tales, it's time for Veggie Tales. Throwback, Sunday school, best show, vegetables, every episode so cool. Learn about God in the Bible, low key, grown man, high key, still a fan. I play the songs when I can, cause God's still bigger than the boogeyman. Okay, Barbara so Maddox, now he's released a song he called the Worship Song Song, which is mostly just <laughs> funny takes on modern praise and worship music. We won't play the whole thing, but here is a clip of it. Chorus with the key change chorus. All right, so this is good. I've I've wanted to be careful in how I talk about this because we talk about a lot of worship music at Relevant. We get to listen to a lot of it. I, I find a lot of it very good, and uh, and, I, and I like the people who make it, uh, who put it together. But I think we can all agree. I don't think any of the people that we talk to or play regularly on here would disagree with the fact that there are some tropes that do get a little bit tired 
in the worship music genre. And this song does a really good job of putting them all on blast. Yeah, it, it, it I mean, it is what it is. It's it's funny yeah. because it's true. Everyone, <laughs> you know, from like just like a- ambiguous, uh, uh, you know, references to love and fire and passion. And, you know, I think there's a, what's the line in there? And he said, like, you know, I know you think this is about an ex or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it, it was really funny. And Jesus doesn't make an appearance to like the very last, uh, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, forgot it, to say Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is funny. And I'm glad I'm glad that, you know, obviously they have worked on this for a while because the video, which you can watch over relevantmagazine.com is pretty well put together, too. And they probably worked on it for a while and was like, ah, probably I don't know if now's the time to drop this. But I'm glad they did because it's funny and yeah, people yeah, yeah. need a little relief right now. Number three this week. Oh, speaking of good Christian tropes, Christian rapper Flame will not get $2.8 million from Katy Perry and team after a judge overrules copyright verdict. That's from the that's that's from the the headline word jumble. That's that's one of those Mad Libs clips. Uh, <laughs> but I love this beat. I've been on this beat for yeah. a while. I hope it's not over. Tyler has literally been covering this story for I think six years now. No, like that's barely. I don't even know if it's a the joke. In, I think the first the entirety of my relevant yeah. career. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It's true. <laughs> uh, back in July, a jury ruled that Katy Perry and her team ripped Christian rapper Flame off in her song dark horse flame claimed that a signature part of her hit single infringed on the copyright of a song he had previously released called joyful noise uh, here's a comparison of those two tracks you know what it is rage I you were you were gonna come to me at the time, the court decided that Flame was owed $2.8 million. However, following an appeal, a judge has overruled that decision, writing, quote, because the sole musical phrase that plaintiffs claim infringement upon is not protectable expression, the extrinsic test is not satisfied and plaintiffs' infringement claim, even with the evidence construed in plaintiffs' favor, fails as a matter of law. That is a that is a a real mouthful for what seems like a pretty <laughs> exactly. straightforward. Exactly. Why can't a judge just write normally? Yeah, it sound, <laughs> they don't sound that much alike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, U.S. District Court Judge Christina Snide believed that the part of the song in dispute isn't original enough to be copyrighted. Right? She wrote, "Here we go again." She wrote, "Quote: It is undisputed in this case." Even viewing the evidence in the light most favorable to plaintiffs, that the signature elements of the eight-note ostinato and joyful noise is not a particularly unique or rare combination, even in its deployment or as an ostinato. Prior compositions, including prior works composed by the parties, as well as what all agree is a separate, non-infringing ostinato and dark horse, all contain similar elements. Good grief. It, we get it. Yeah. You're just saying, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of language. <laughs> Following the rule, Perry's attorney told Billboard, quote, in a well-reasoned and methodical decision, the court properly vacated the jury verdict, finding that Dark Horse does not infringe joyful noise as a matter of law. This is an important victory for music creators and the music industry, recognizing that music building blocks cannot be monopolized. The creators of Dark Horse stand vindicated. <laughs> and, and we've talked about, we've talked about this over time. 
time about, you know, we've given our thoughts about how I think we're all on the same page that they don't really sound that much alike, that they are kind of fundamental, you know, the, the, the portions I, of the song. I do that, agree with that. Yeah. Yes. But, but here, here's what, what I've never fully understood. I'm not a lawyer. I, I, I claim no experience in law, but like just the like the appeals process, like when are when is this ever done? Like, you know, seriously, the, the, it takes it, such it's a long like, time. And if you're a flame, you're like, I thought I had the three mil. Now they appeal and it just goes all away. And, you know, I got to pay lawyers and all that kind of stuff. Like, I know this is a civil case, but how high, how far can this, can he appeal? Like, when is this going to be over? When can <laughs> yeah, we stop covering this? Like, I don't could this go answer. to the Supreme Court? Could you imagine that? <laughs> like, you know, and now with his decision, uh, 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 Justice Samuel Alito, and he's like, now, while I will say that Katy Perry's Dark Horse slaps, Joyful Noise is more of a bop. A bop is not a slap. Bops do not slap. Clearly, Therefore, therefore, I rule on the side of Katy Perry. Like, how far is this going to go? How Ladies far? and gentlemen of the jury, it stands beyond, it is beyond argument. The Supreme Court of the United States of America. <laughs> there, there's a really good YouTube video about this case. And it was like a, a guy who is, you know, some sort of music theory expert. And he breaks down the progression of the uh, that's used in both songs and how common it yeah. is and how, yeah. how many other songs it's used. So he was making the, the argument that it's one of the more common modes or like melody patterns so yeah. for that reason, that's yeah. why it's not a ripoff. It, it's like if I was a designer, it's like, well, I this checkered pattern is mine now. Checkered, dude. I thought of it. I was the first dude. I was like, that's mine. I get checkered. So I'm going to take stripes next, and then I'm taking zebra print. And so, you know, what it is. One, yeah. One thing I, I do, I get why uh, Katie Perry's attorney put up the statement that they did. I do. But I'm curious. I'm gonna. I'll ask you to this, Chandler. All the the like the social justice language here. The that's being used strikes me as a little over the top. The the creators of Dark Horse stand vindicated. Important victory for music creators. I get that they are celebrating the win, and I could even see how this could maybe be you like no no kid who makes a song in their bedroom. Uh, wants to get dragged to court because it might sound kind of similar to uh, inadvertently similar to somebody else's like hit single. So I can see why it's important to maintain a lot of leeway for copyright infringement and things like this. But do you think it's it, it goes to the level? Do you, do you think do you find the statement about the victory here a little overblown in terms of how important it is? I don't know about importance, but I I, I definitely agree that they shouldn't have. It shouldn't have been ruled that way in the first place. There's been a yeah. there's been a couple of um, Juice World. Uh, there's a Juice like his biggest oh. song um, is a is a ripoff of a Sting song, and instead of sampling the Sting song, paying you know getting it approved and whatever else, yeah. the producer just like note for note recreated the guitar line, and. <laughs> and then claimed to have made it himself. Like he claimed that it was like an original piece of work <laughs> and they got sued by sting and, and rightly so sting won, And he got all of the proceeds for uh, like everything made on that song. Oh, wow. I forget, I wow, forget which wow. one it was, but it was like his, like the juice world. Like that was like the first single, like biggest, biggest song that they put out. But yeah, that's yeah. the situation. I think uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, made sense, yeah. but this one, 
It's yeah, just it's yeah, like maybe exactly. it's similar kind of, but like similarities doesn't mean that's ripped, you know, that they yeah, like exactly. ripped you off. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah. I, I think that's I think it's valid. And I, I think they I I mean I'm not a lawyer, but if I had been on the jury, there's no way in the world I would have found yeah. Yes, I would have yeah. ruled ruled in favor of of Flame on this one. Sorry, Flame. Yeah. yeah. Not a vibe, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two this week, Eugene Cho explained why referring to the coronavirus as the Chinese virus is so wrong. I guess we're going to have to point this one out. So on Monday, President Donald Trump took to Twitter to call the coronavirus a Chinese virus. He has done this, of course, several times since then, both on social media and in uh, his, uh, his his press statements. Um, and he that echoes similar attempts from some lawmakers in recent weeks to rebrand the pandemic as a foreign threat. The tweet drew widespread criticism for stoking nativist fears and playing into xenophobic sentiment that has characterized the worst of America's response to the threat of COVID-19. Author, pastor, and new president of Bread for the World, Eugene Cho, responded on social media saying Trump's rhetoric was, quote, not acceptable. He said, quote, calling it the Chinese virus only instigates blame, racism, and hatred against Asians here and abroad. We need leadership that speaks clearly against racism, leadership that brings the nation and world together, not further divides. So Eugene Cho was born in Korea and immigrated to the U.S. when he was six years old. He told the Washington Post that he knows of three people who have been assaulted in the last few weeks over what he believes is rising anti-Asian sentiment in the U.S. that has its roots in xenophobic beliefs about the coronavirus pandemic. And there, of course, been several highly publicized cases of that uh, since then in the news as well. He told the Washington Post, quote, I can't speak for all Asians. I know for myself and my family, we're not just contending with a health crisis. There might be backlash, verbal and physical. Cho also told the Post that he prays for Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. In his most recent book, Thou Shall Not Be a Jerk, Cho addresses toxic political rhetoric online and how Christians can set a more charitable course. In an interview with Relevant, Cho cautioned Christians against dehumanizing their political critics. One of the biggest temptations in our world today is to dehumanize those we disagree with and in that process, he said. We actually don't know that we've done it. Not only does it harm the other person we're bullying or mocking, but I think there's something that's being lost in our own soul flourishing as well. We have to keep naming it and keep acknowledging it. Uh, This story, I think we wrote about this on Tuesday, and and that's when Cho gave his interview to the Post as well. And since then, it's really become a a much bigger thing. Uh, It's become a lot about a lot more than Eugene Cho. There was a shot that went viral from the Washington Post yesterday when the president delivered his prepared remarks. Uh, They 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 caught a a picture. There was a picture of the transcript uh, that he had his prepared remarks in which he or somebody, whoever went over the remarks ahead of time, crossed out coronavirus and Sharpie and wrote Chinese virus. Uh, so I do think that there is sort of an, a, an a intentional attempt to rebrand this. Jesse, you and I have talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it, offline. And, and, and I don't, you know, I don't have too much to add to what Eugene Cho said, because I think he articulated it perfectly. All you're doing is contributing. It's not doing anything productive. All it's doing is contributing to xenophobic uh, ideas and, and racial animosity. And, and it's not doing anything good. And I just want to say right now, I'm going to throw out the DJ Khaled. You just played yourself. Congratulations <laughs> to everyone who's like, well, you didn't hear 
uh, people getting mad about it being called the Spanish flu in 1918. Well, well, here's the thing about the Spanish flu of 1918. It started in Kansas. And the reason it was called the, the Spanish flu was because at the time the United States was in World War One and it basically went under a propaganda campaign to prevent the United States press from talking about how serious the flu epidemic was. Spain happened to be one of the only places in the world at the time that was openly reporting about how bad the virus was. So the news of the flu came out of Spain because they weren't under restrictions during wartime to prevent the news from the media. It was a virus that most scientists now say started in the United States. So if you're saying using that argument, <laughs> congratulations, you just played yourself. You just played yourself. Now stop saying racist stuff. And have you seen all the the uh, the clips of like old newspapers going around with Spanish people saying we don't think it should be called the Spanish flu? That's not fair. Like they're really it didn't go viral on social media in 1918. That part is true. I'll I'll give you I'll, I'll give them that W in this argument. But it wasn't like. Spain was just fine with the fact that everybody started calling it the Spanish flu. They didn't just accept <laughs> yeah. that as the reality. Yeah. So it's yeah. not, it, it's not what this isn't a case of people getting more sensitive. It's just a case of, of people of marginalized groups having a, a voice that then and platforms and that they did not exist in 1918 for very obvious reasons for, as I think any student of history would be happy to tell you uh, now being able to say this is, this is offensive and this is causing real harm. So even, even if yeah. you think even if you think it's like completely ridiculous that people are asking you not to do this can you just listen to your yeah. to your brothers and sisters uh, who yeah. this is directly affecting and yeah. and uh, like do the charitable thing and it's not like i do think and Jesse, you and i talked about this too this thing has a name already the idea yeah. of trying to rename a crisis mid crisis is is a, it feels like a it's very like, intentional distraction. It's not like exactly. It's so pointless. Like if you're saying if you're calling it the the you know Chinese virus or the China virus or what or whatever you know Trump is saying. It's like no one. If you went into the street, no. If you went, hey, you know, I want to talk to you real quick about the coronavirus thing. No one's going coronavirus. What what, what is that? <laughs> Explain to me. I, I've never heard. You know, you're going to have to use a different term because you're saying corona, corona, coronavirus. I might be able to follow along if you if I knew the exact origin. If I knew the exact of this, origins the of where scientists, of yeah, yeah, you know, right now are theorizing it may have started. Could you tell me the country? Could you tell that? That might help me understand. It's like, give me a break. You know? It's a, it's, uh, it's just, it's a, but I'm glad Eugene Cho spoke up and I, I have been, I should say, uh, in, in, in some of our writing about this, I've seen so many, uh, relevant readers, uh, share and, and speak up and, and try to, and I think that's really important too, especially for those of us who aren't Asian, who aren't going to feel the direct xenophobic, uh, uh, backlash to some of this to make sure that we're the ones who who shut it down and and protect yeah. the people who are. Uh, that's very encouraging, and I hope you keep doing that because we just yeah. we one hundred percent do not have time for this right now. Yeah, so don't, yeah exactly. So. Thank you, thank you. I'll tell you what we have do have time for Tyler. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Number one this week, Matthew McConaughey has given the world a weirdly comforting coronavirus pep talk. All right. So I actually haven't listened to this one yet. This is going to be this, this is going to be my debut. Listen to, uh, to Chandler, we have to play the whole talk. thing. It's, it's only like a minute. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Matthew McConaughey, uh, one of Hollywood's most 
most everything actors. One of one of Hollywood's <laughs> most actors. Yeah, uh, just most. You can stop yeah, there. One of Hollywood's most. Most, yeah, most people yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, known, <laughs> of course, not only for his late career resurgence, the Reconnaissance, but also his good-natured philosophical persona has now given the world the pep talk that we need. Evidently, this is according to Jesse. I cannot confirm this reporting. This is all Jesse. We're about to listen to it. In a brief video posted to Twitter, McConaughey reminds followers that right now, humanity has a common enemy, one that doesn't discriminate based on race, class, gender, or religion, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Here is a clip. Hey, everybody. McConaughey here. Just want to say in these crazy times uh, that we're in with the coronavirus, um... Let's take care of ourselves and each other. Uh, Let's not go to the lowest common denominator and get paranoid. Let's do our due diligence, take the precautions we need to to take care of ourselves and those of us around us. Right now, more than ever before, we're all more dependent on each other than we ever have been. But we have an enemy in coronavirus that is faceless, that is raceless, sexless, non-denominational, and bipartisan. And it's an enemy that we all agree we want to beat. We want to beat and we're going to beat them. All right. So in this time when people are going to move on, the economy is going to be in shambles for who knows how long. There is a green light on the other side of this red light that we're in right now. And I believe that green light is going to be built upon the values that we can enact right now. Values of fairness, kindness, accountability, resilience respect, courage. If we practice those things right now, when we get out of this, this virus, this time might be the one time that brings us all together and unifies us like we have not been in a long time. So yes, let's see if we can make some lemonade out of this lemon that we're in the middle of. Turn a red light into a green light. Just keep living. My favorite part about that, in addition to sounding like he's like a coach in like a Disney sports movie uh, and we're and we're all on the team, you know, and and like you listen to it and you're like, all right, I think we I think we got this. It's surprisingly comprehensible. Like it's because I feel like Matthew McConaughey is the master of incomprehensible, like weird folk wisdom, you know, when he's like saying he'll be like. You know, sometimes it's the biggest bullfrog in the pond is the one that forgets how to croak. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And everyone's like, I literally have no idea what you're saying. I, I have no idea what the implications of that analogy are. But this is like, no, I get it. Let's turn this red light green. Let's make, you know, let's all come together here. Let's beat this thing. I thought it was kind of nice. I don't know. I don't know if you guys did, but I kind of was like, oh, that's a that's a nice one to end the hot list on this week. I, I feel I feel better. I do. I feel, I feel, you know, the world keeps turning in in so many ways. Like the the self-isolation isn't going to change Matthew McConaughey's whole thing. I don't think anything really could do that. (laughs) And and let let me say this. And and it seems like there's a higher degree of self-awareness because he was not in a sauna or hot tub or any other luxury (laughs) heating device (laughs) while, while, (laughs) while conducting this message. So thank you for your inspiration, Mr. McConaughey. All right, that'll do it for It's the hotlist. The hotlist. It's sizzling. Stay tuned when we come back. Lane Strands from Church of the Highlands will join us. I heard about being young.
listening to Young by Frankie Cosmos. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Now you can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient, you can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Licensed professional counselors are available for specialized in depression, anxiety, sleep issues, grief, family issues, and more. BetterHelp has 3,000 licensed therapists Therapists across all 50 states. And of course, if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time and everything you share is confidential. Best of all, it's an affordable option. The Relevant Podcast listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code RELEVANT. So why not get started today? Go so to BetterHelp. This is a perfect time for this, right? You know, I, mean, I was going to say that. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say this. The, I, I, I think that if you if you get counseling at all, which which I hope uh, you you are, uh, you should be looking at virtual options. And if you don't have one, when when better? What, yeah. what better time? You're not going to get a better opportunity than something yeah. like this. Feels like a really really important way to process a lot of the anxiety that I'm sure a lot of people are feeling. This this is a I would, better help would be would be super. I can't imagine a person in the world who couldn't use online counseling right now. Uh, so you can go to BetterHelp.com/relevant. Fill out the questionnaire, help them assess your needs, and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Well, Lane Schranz is an associate pastor at Alabama's Church of the Highlands, one of America's largest megachurches. Recently, the church began conducting 500 coronavirus tests every day, and they're helping people who don't have insurance make sure they don't have to pay for any of that. I got to speak with Lane about the project and how they're able to pull it off. Uh, this was a cool, this was a, 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 like I alluded to earlier, it was a cooler story than I thought it was because I didn't realize uh, because I, I wasn't thinking about it, just the immense level of work that had to go into getting something like this ready to go in a very short amount of time. Uh, and this church really, it, it's a large church. They have a lot of resources, which was fortunate in this case because they're able to do something that right now the federal government has struggled with putting together. But but this church saw the need and, and they met it. And uh, I think the story of how they got together to help their community in a way that that really, really could use it right now is pretty inspiring. So here is that conversation that I had with Lane about how it all happened. From your perspective, and, and you've got a, a lot of plate spinning in the middle of all this, and I, I've been really interested to see the way different church leaders have, have dealt with uh, the, out, the pandemic. When did it first start to sink in for you as a pastor that this was something that you as a church were going to have to react to in terms of how you conduct your services? Um, I, I don't remember the day because they all run together. Yeah. But, you know, last last week, I guess it would have been, I was supposed to go to South Africa oh. on a trip for GROW to train pastors in Cape Town and in Johannesburg. And I was supposed to leave on that trip on March 6th. And I was not just going myself, but I was taking 17 Highlands College students. We have a ministry school called Highlands College. And as a part of their spring break missions trip, uh, some of them were going uh, with me to South Africa to serve at those conferences Mm-hmm. And so we had to make a decision, probably, I think it was Monday, uh, it was Tuesday, March 3rd, that we made a decision to not travel outside of the country. Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, the the, uh, the concerns were, were starting to ramp up. It was becoming a reality that we were going to have to make some tough decisions. But at that time, we just thought, okay, you know, all these students are going to 
have a have a spring break uh, free to go back home visit their families instead of go to South Africa on a mission trip, and, and we really didn't think much of it. Uh, we were very disappointed. Uh, I was a bit frustrated by the situation that we were going to have to make that much of a shift. Uh, all the the seventeen students had raised money. I think over fifty thousand dollars to pay oh, their man. way. Um, I was so proud of them. So they were they were disappointed. I was disappointed. My youngest daughter was one of the seventeen. So uh, it, it was what it was, and we just kind of moved on. I think by Wednesday and Thursday, it seemed like. Okay, you know this is this is really, really ramping quickly, and mm-hmm. a lot of churches were saying they weren't going to have church on Sunday. Uh, we held out uh, on that decision. We just wanted to see uh, what all. I mean, it seemed like everything that Friday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday was changing by the minute. Oh man! And so that that Saturday, we decided as a team, uh, the elders. And Pastor Chris decided that we would uh, do what, you know, authorities were asking us to do, and that was not have large gatherings at that point. And so we decided to go online with our service. So that that Saturday, it seemed like that's when it became real. And then Sunday morning, uh, we decided to have a kind of a war room meeting uh, with three entities to see how we could serve our community because up until that point, there really was no testing available. Anybody that had been sick in Alabama was was going to the hospitals. They were trying to get tested. Anybody that was sick thought they had it or worried that they had it and had the, the coronavirus. And so uh, we, in 2009, opened uh, the Birmingham Dream Center uh, with the Christ Health Center. So it, we, we literally... Uh, created a medical entity. It is a separate uh, 501c3, but Church of the Highlands uh, was behind the whole thing of launching Christ Health Center uh, in I 2009. Okay. And so we see 18,000 patients a year there, and Dr. Record is in charge of that, and he couldn't administer one test, uh, but mm-hmm. he had a, a very good friend from Assurance Scientific Laboratories here in Birmingham who's also a doctor, but has a lab who foresaw the need for the testing months ago and had uh, developed, developed what was needed to have tests ready. uh, But no one had a system that could do mass testing, especially in an area with a city of a million people. Mm -hmm. And so Robert, Robert was the kind of the point of the spear. And he asked if we could consider using church of the Highland as the location, Christ health center would be the doctors. And, assurance laboratories would be the testing and between all three of us we were we were in the room sunday morning at 8 a.m we weren't having church like we're used to and having a discussion if we could open up a drive-through test facility in 48 hours and we were able to pull that off which is basically in in reality we basically created a doctor's office outdoors with computers, with equipment, with people, with medical staff, with doctors, and with test kits for um, this virus uh, within 48 hours. It was it was unbelievable how our team uh, at Church of the Highlands, we, we call our volunteers our dream team, mm-hmm. and our staff uh, pulled together very quickly and created this drive-through test facility right there 
at our Grandview location, which was right around the corner from the laboratory. So it was our closest location to the lab that would be doing the testing. So it made a lot of sense. So we started our our journey there at the Grandview campus, uh, which unfortunately is right next door uh, to one of the largest hospitals in the state of Alabama. And we did not expect the demand to be so high. So we, hmm. we just had too many people coming for testing and people that need to get in and out of the hospital. Uh, so we, by that afternoon, knew we had to move uh, our location to our our broadcast campus, which is our largest parking lot, and it is our closest campus to interstate access. Uh, it's less than a quarter uh, mile from a, from from the interstate, so so the ingress egress is so much better there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move about nine thousand people through there every Sunday, so so we knew uh, traffic wise it was a better location, much larger parking lot, but unfortunately no parking deck. But we've been been very thankful that it hasn't rained all week. Mm-hmm. So our teams just jumped to action. This would have been Tuesday afternoon when the decision was made to move it. And we needed to open and literally start parking cars by 6.30 the next morning. And our team jumped on it and worked through the night. And a lot of what we did has to do with signage because people are not allowed to open their windows because if That's you're right. going to bring you know, thousands of people through for testing, you, you don't want to expose all the volunteers, all the doctors mm-hmm. to that. So uh, they obviously might not have the virus, but they think they do. So you definitely <laughs> have to treat it as though they might. And so, so signage was a big, big deal. Uh, so uh, even the, our local sign company that does all our signage for our church, he worked through the night. Our teams worked through the night and we literally moved a doctor's office that took 48 hours to build. We moved it uh, to a completely new location and reopened it in less than 16 hours, um, which was amazing. We did 347 tests on Tuesday at our Grandview campus, and then we were able to do 630 tests at our our Grants Mill campus. And today we, we were able to do 798 tests. Uh, at that campus, which is just amazing. It is really good to hear. There, there's a lot of scary stories out there right now. So any stories we can find of of uh, anyone, but especially the church being being helpful to their community is very encouraging. Uh, for people listening to this who are like, well, I'm not a pastor or I only go to a church of like 50 people out in the middle. You know, I, I can't set something like this up. What would you tell them to encourage them in ways that they they could uh, they could try to help uh, pitch in and and be the church uh, in the broad and the spiritual sense right now, even if they don't necessarily have the resources to set up uh, the sort of testing that you all have done at Church of the Highlands? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because this is really affecting one of our 22 locations. It is affecting a very small ratio of our staff members and a very, very small ratio of our dream team. Uh, Church of the Highlands has just over 29,000 people that volunteer for us um, as a church. And we're, we're talking about using about a hundred of them a day at this one testing site. So it's a very small part of what we're doing. So really it's gotten all the attention, but what the church is doing as a whole and what your church can do and what you can do as an individual uh, is what we're doing through all of our other locations. And that is uh, changing the narrative. Social distancing is not healthy. Uh, 
physical distancing is healthy. So we're, we are trying to encourage social closeness and high, high touch, meaning let's start using our phones and actually make phone calls instead of sending texts. Mm-hmm. And instead of liking a picture on Facebook or Instagram, let's actually call people and, and check in on them and pray with them. And so as, as Church of the Highlands, we are encouraging all the way through our church, especially with our small groups, uh, a high touch environment based on uh, not physical touch, but social touch. And so we're trying to call and talk to as many people in our church as we can. And I would encourage anybody, if they have a small church or don't know what they can do, start making phone calls, start checking with people. We are extremely focused on those who are most at risk of this virus. And so the priority for us is definitely to contact or reach out to those that that are at risk, the older people. You know the data that's out there and the studies and what they're showing. And uh, and so we're we're making sure to contact all of them, and and just check on them and see if there's anything that they need. Uh, and and if that means you know delivering some groceries to their front step and and just setting it there and then leaving, that's yeah, what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, and, and, and individuals can do that all day long. So just call people, you know, call people, uh, that you care about and call people that you maybe don't even really have a relationship with, but you know, their number and you met them once and just, just reach out. And, and, uh, uh, we don't believe for a minute God caused all this, but we also believe with all of our hearts that, that what, <laughs> what Paul said in Romans, that all things can work together for good, that this is our opportunity to maybe combat some of the craziness that we've seen in the, this culture of busyness and culture of social media that actually disconnects us in so many ways. And, uh, and maybe God can use this for us to actually start talking again and sitting (laughs) on the back porch more and, 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 and just, just having conversations when there's nothing else to do. And we'll just see what God does through it. That was Lane Schranz. Up next, we have some quarantine recommendations documentary section. Listening to Roses, Lotus, Violet, Iris by Haley Williams. All right, Jesse. So as long as we're all self-isolating, you and I have decided yeah. to uh, to try to help people find some of our some of the stuff that we're watching and enjoying. Yeah, uh, make some recommendations to help people. And we thought this last week we focused more on TV shows and movies. Thought maybe we'd do for the documentary heads out there, give them some recommendations for streaming doc options we're looking at. Yeah, so Tyler and I each found three <clears throat> documentaries that are on some major streaming services. Uh, we'll go through them pretty quick here, but if you're looking for, you know, if you if you like documentaries or just want to jump in to something kind of different, um, here here are a few recommendations. Okay, my first one, I will say this. Uh, this one is... Um, this is for one when the kids are already in bed. Let me just preface <laughs> it by that. Um, there, this, this film does contain some drug use and strong language and some really dicey characters, but 
it is if you watch the whole thing it ends up being one of the most redemptive documentaries you'll see in a while if you can get past some of uh the ways that these colorful characters behave and end up learning some really uh moving what, what turns out to be some moving lessons some of them the film is called the legend of cocaine island <clears throat> wait a Have second you, jesse you said this movie involves drug use <laughs> the Legend of Cocaine Island. <laughs> have, Are you, you sure? Have either of you guys seen this you movie? Get this one right. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I have, have not. Uh, I have not. Uh, Chandler, you've seen the film. I have. Yeah. What? What? It, okay. So, um, I want to hear your take real quick. But uh, the quick setup is: there's a sort of eclectic community in Florida that. During the last economic recession, uh, someone uh, in this community falls on hard times and hears about one of his neighbors who used to live in, uh, I believe it was Puerto Rico, one day was walking down the beach and saw in floating in the water a giant container of or a giant bag of like cocaine that had fallen off a boat that was trafficking this. He didn't know what to do. He felt he obviously didn't want to take it home. He he felt like the local authorities there were corrupt, so he didn't want to give it to them because he didn't know if it was going to cause him harm. So he buried it in the sand dunes and for years had left it and forgot about it. Well, it was sort of this kind of local piece of lore at this community in Florida. When this guy fell on hard times and his business uh, uh, was hurting and his family was suffering, he decided to make his own weird adventure and go find this bag of cocaine and try to sell it. Obviously a poor decision, um, but a lot. he runs into a lot of colorful characters on the way. It is a true story. There's a lot of kind of funny reenactments, a lot of first-person testimonies from people involved but it, it like i said surprisingly redemptive uh uh chandler out four out of f- out of five stars what would you give legend of cocaine island i'd say five out of five you loved it huh yeah. it was oh, pretty great i loved yeah. it too a lot of colorful characters strongly recommend fun fact the uh pool hall uh like interview shots it's like the, yeah. one of the guy, one of the guys yeah. like playing pool and stuff that's the pool hall yeah. that i go to Oh, cool. So yeah. right there in Central oh, Florida. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, Personal they connection. It, they filmed it in Orlando. Yep. Again, I can't emphasize enough. Wait till your kids go down, but it does in redemptively. Okay. <laughs> my my second one <clears throat> is a topic I'm pretty passionate about. Uh, and I don't I'll let the documentary do the speaking for me. The film is called Betting on Zero, and it's about multi-level marketing and uh, you know, how predatory a lot of these multi-level marketing companies are that you that are so popular, especially in Christian circles right now. So multi-level marketing, uh, you see them a lot in like the kind of like different essential oil companies companies or like leggings or products basically that uh, require people to make a big investment and try to sell products that are marked up to their friends. Betting on Zeros, uh, a really compelling documentary that shows, uh, you know, kind of the insidious nature of a lot of people involved in that industry and the business model itself. If, if you like betting on zero, which is uh, all of these are on Netflix also check out the podcast called the dream season. One of the dream is all about the multi-level marketing industry. Fantastic podcast bend binge cannot recommend it enough. And finally, my final, this one's kind of a cheat. Uh, it's a, it is not technically a documentary. It's one of, it's a Christopher guest film, which is he's the master of the mockumentary <laughs> best in show, it counts. It counts. best in show waiting for Guffman. Um, 
you know, those movies. This movie was a uh, was a Netflix original. I, a lot of people may not have seen it, but if you like Christopher Guest movie, this one takes place in the world of mascots at a giant mascot competition. It is the breezy kind of light, funny entertainment that uh, I feel like people probably could use right now. Tyler, what do you got for us? Yours aren't mine. were all Netflix. Yours come from a couple different streaming services. It's true. Yeah. For the non-Netflix people. Okay. So uh, I, this one got a lot of attention uh, when it came out last year. But in case you missed it, Disney Plus does have free solo out there. Did, did you, oh, yeah. you guys catch free solo? Epic. Epic. It's it's quite a movie. So Free Solo follows a, a rock climber named a- Alex Honnold, who he's, his goal is to climb El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. It has a 900 meter vertical rock face, and he wants to climb the whole thing without ropes. And there were cameras there to capture not only the climb, which is really one of the most like riveting, thrilling sequences I saw in any movie, documentary otherwise, last year, but also his journey towards it, his relationships, uh, why he would want to do something like this. It ends up being a, it won the Oscar. It ends up being a really, really interesting look at, uh, uh, what drives somebody to do thing something like this that was uh, obviously not only incredibly dangerous but uh, but just very it was mystifying as to what somebody's motive would be for something like this. Really, really recommend that one. It's a it, it is a really good movie. Yeah, on visually Hulu. stunning. Visually just yeah. outstanding. So the, some of the climbing sequences are really wild to watch. Yeah. Um, uh, over on Hulu, there's a movie. This one's a little bit from Tyler's Wheelhouse, but I do think you you don't have to be into this genre to find this movie interesting. It's called Batman and Bill. And it's the story of the two guys who created Batman back in the 40s and how one of them sort of swindled the part, his partner out of all of the creative credit that they both deserved mm. and essentially erased his name wow. from Bob Kane was the sort of the villain of the story for for decades. Uh, anytime they weren't named Batman appeared, it was always legally you had to say created by Bob Kane somewhere, whether it was a movie, a TV show or the comic books. And this is about how one guy realized there were actually two people involved. Uh, one of them who'd been completely lost to history, uh, died penniless and, and virtually unknown. And uh, his attempt to after his death to get him the recognition that he deserved. It is an interesting look, not just at the history of Batman, but at sort of how often these things can go awry and uh, how cool it is to find. Vo- find somebody who just decides to take it upon themselves to to set things right uh and then finally on hbo uh there is a documentary called the inventor that's the story of elizabeth holmes who created those uh, those blood machines that were supposed to change the world that were supposed to we could really frankly use right now uh the uh, way to with a pinprick on your finger uh, find out everything that's wrong with your body and send that to doctors and help them diagnose and create plans. For, uh, this was a, a huge grift. The machines did not work. They, they never worked. Everybody knew they didn't work, but she still managed to swindle the U.S. government uh, just through sheer confidence. She's a fascinating character. And if you like a grift and you know that gr- uh, grifts are my favorite narrative, then uh, the inventor, which is on HBO, is a, a really good one. And you can find all of these also, if you don't have those streaming services, obviously, you can find them on digital rental as well. Tyler, thanks, man. Those are great, uh, great recommendations. Yeah, I hope you check. I'm getting, planning on checking out. I think I'm going to, I've never done mascots. I'm going to give mascots a shot this week. It's weekend. funny. It is very funny. I, I've got, I've got yeah. a friend who's in it too. I got to oh, wow. keep oh, my eyes cool. peeled. Yeah, I got a buddy. Yeah. It, was a, it was a break for him. 
Well, hey, many thanks to the people over at Church of the Highlands, both for what they're doing and for taking some time to talk to us. You can learn more at www.churchofthehighlands.com, especially if you live there in Alabama and like to get tested. They have all the information on how to do that over there. Uh, Also, thanks to BetterHelp. Please do go to betterhelp.com slash relevant if you don't have any sort of online counseling situation set up right now. I really, truly believe... Uh, and the value of counseling. And this is a great way to get it right now. Just fill out that questionnaire. They'll assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Betterhelp.com slash relevant. Uh, also, subscribe to Relevant Daily. We're trying to keep everyone up to date on the things that are happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Monday through Friday, top three stories on our beat. You can sign up for it there. You can subscribe and download. Uh, we'll see you every day at about 10 minutes a day over there. And with that, I think we'll wrap it up. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey. Have a good and safe weekend, everyone. We will see you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. It was the year of our Lord, 15 and 27, and a fortnight. Relevant Podcast Network.